hope the audio is good for you guys. I am walking in beautiful Luquillo, Puerto Rico, looking at some birds uh, by the river while the sun rises. And it's August. Right? Yeah, it's August. Second, I think. But surprisingly comfortable out this time of day. It's still not too much wind, but in the afternoon we get a, we get usually a lot of wind, which makes it bearable, even though hot. Uh, but yeah, we're ready to get out of here. <laughs> Go back to our mountain town in Mexico we love so much. Um, and this morning also I am smoking some very tough, very tough, you know, golden cherry, golden berry, something like that. From the local dispensary here in town. Oh, funny story. So I'm going to the dispensary the other day. Decided not to walk. I'm going to ride my skateboard and be cool guy. And what happens? I wiped out on my fucking skateboard from around the corner. Because, you know, Puerto Rican roads are a little bit different than U.S. roads. Okay. So that's the catch up on life. Um, I'm getting pretty freaking curious about this whole I. I amism idea, an open source religious movement, and I've been trying to think like, how do you talk about God? How do you encourage people to think about the unknown with curiosity rather than disdain or almost as if it's an annoying thing to get rid of rather than something to embrace in life? A couple things on this idea. The first thing is I think of um, Mike Tyson, no, uh, golly, what's his name? The astronomer, black guy, uh, works at the, um, what's his some famous planetarium? Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> Not Mike Tyson. Neil deGrasse Tyson said something about, like, you know, scientists, real scientists, don't have the confidence that you hear in many of these atheists, because a real scientist, they see that as their knowledge expands, the realm of what they don't know also expands. Because if you think about your knowledge as a circle, the border of that circle is how much you don't know, right? Or kind of what you're grappling with. But the more you know, and that circle gets larger, You've got even more things that you're grappling with at once, you know, around the edge of the circle, around the edge of what you know. I think that that's important uh, for us to consider with, uh, with regard to our own confidence. Is The more that we know, really what that should do is not make you more confident, but just more open. You're hearing another perspective and thinking... We're realizing maybe this person is not talking scientifically but philosophically, or this person is speaking metaphorically rather than literally. And that will help you go a long way in life. The other thing is um, this whole idea of God and sin holiness, these words that we use all the time, I realize that there are so many of us 
in the church that don't know what the heck any of those freaking words mean. And so, and it was really strange. Yesterday, I decided to watch a John Hagee uh, sermon. I had never seen John Hagee, but I have a, a friend who has always been a big fan. And I was like, what the heck is this? And it's R.C. Sproul, the same. But it's basically just, uh, it's like capitalizing on inside jokes and inside stories and income stuff. Like, as I was listening, he's just talking about how much he loves Sproul. Uh, who, who is this? He was Hagee. And then it's like while he tells people to turn to a verse, he tells little stories about his life. That he offers is sort of like, hey, here's my evidence of why I'm super Christian or I'm super awesome or here's something to entertain you. But they all have this message in them of he knows what's right. And these stupid, uh, he talks about going to seminary and he's just like, yeah, all these professors were telling me stuff. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Really? You went to college and you decided not to learn anything. It was the best way to spend your time there. Just double down on what you believe since you were 12. Maybe if you listen to an adult explain their perspective, your faith might become one that is greater than that of a 12-year-old. Which is to say, it's a historical faith. It's a faith based on tradition, on in-crowd stuff. Another weird thing about, I think it was both of them, they had all these weird jokes about like, oh, well, I'm a Baptist, so if you're a Baptist, you say uh, Genesis 12 and 6, but if uh, you know, Presbyterians, no, we don't do that, we, we just put 12, 6, <laughs> those Baptists, <laughs> and us Presbyterians, <laughs> it was just so weird how often he brought up caricatures and like these simple a Baptist is somebody who says this weird shit um a uh, Presbyterian is somebody who's uh, whatever into um kind of the rules and the conditions and simple um Closely aligned. Closely aligned. Um, closely aligned. Um, sorry, I'm distracted by someone trying to be having some sort of very interesting ceremony. I saw homeboy out here yesterday just standing there looking at the sunrise like he's hugging someone. Uh, you know, his arms like in a circle in front of him, and he just stands there still watching the sunrise. And today he's got someone playing drums for him. So, don't know anything about that practice, but it's cool, and his dog is super cool with a purple mohawk. <clears throat> but that's the thing again, like for me, it's hard to imagine what, what does that do to just be in your body? and feel the sunrise or kind of like imagining something and sort of focusing on that one thing. For me, my happiness, 
or, you know, my default mode, my sort of way of normally operating in the world on default is to just think about it, you know, and kind of like, huh, well, how would that work? And what does that mean? Um, very logical. And this guy is obviously doing something that he's feeling. Hagee and Sproul, I think were the two theologians I watched yesterday, they were, it was basically all about this interpretation of this book that I was handing down from my grandpappy. And, oh, by the way, we're also going to throw out all these little culture cues. Like, I'm a Presbyterian, so I do this, I read these authors. They're a bad guess. So when they're different, yeah, it was really us and them. It was really us and them. And real comfy, too, you know? Like, we just so strange. Because Donald Trump does not exemplify any of the beliefs of conservative Christianity, yet somehow he's got him, what, is it just the abortion thing? He's become so twisted that that's all that matters? Oh, and something about Israel, too. Yeah, it was all about Israel needs their land, because that's what the Bible said. It's super strange, like, trying to make these prophecies come, like, it's all been determined. Because my view of the world is that, no, we need to make it what we've got to make it. Like, it's sort of looking forward, where these are definitely in, in time looking back. When I realized that, and I realized I've got good friends in college, from college, well, they weren't used to be good friends. I think they would reject me as a reprobate, reprobate sinner or something now. Backslidden, fallen. But these friends, I, when I think back on our friendship, when I think about kind of what went on in my college ministries and in the churches I was a part of there, this was in southern Georgia, I realized how much of it was just cultural stuff. It really, and we believed that we were sincere about the Bible, but, you know, I was leading Bible studies. I guess a lot of people came to mind. When you lead a Bible study, you got to think about it a lot more. Maybe that was, huh, that probably was the beauty of that whole time for me, to really think about it and wrestle my way out of conservatism, which is different than a relationship with God. That's just a preferred style. That's probably sin for a lot of people. Because uh, you can get too stuck into it where it matters more than anything else. Like, the message. You know? It's that you're part of the tribe. And trying to just sort of discover that. What is that? I've always been trying to figure out what is the actual core of the faith? What do we believe what does sin mean? What does God mean? I wanted to know what I said when I used words. And I realized, like yesterday, with these two in particular, it was just 
this verse means exactly what it says. And it was so, like, it was so, like, weirdly literal. Like, he's, <laughs> he's trying to expand on a thing. It's like, you know, Moses went up to the mountain. He's like, so what is this saying? It's saying there's a man named Moses there. And he was there, and he was present and available for the Lord. Well, yeah, it, it's because that's what the story is about. <laughs> it's not like, I don't know, the assumptions that, the assumptions that were being made were weird to me. Uh, the conclusions of what was important that was being drawn on, that was super weird to me. And so, You know, it just really, again, helped me realize that most of our divisions are not about God because most of us have never thinking about God. Most of us are just into our personality and we're having a response to negative religious experiences. So I'm getting real serious about this open source religion idea where we freaking talk about what the F we mean when we say the word God. When I say holiness, what does that mean? What would it look like, you know? Like, what's, yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand what I saw in those two sermons. Yeah, when you looked at the crowd, wow. It was, huh, interesting. And then there's all the charismatic stuff. That's super interesting. Like Benny Hinn and all that. It's just so much personal opinion and very little Bible teaching. It's Bible opinioning. It's the Fox News of religion. And I just think we need like a wiki Bible. Or a wiki church. Where... Because everyone kind of gets to go, well, here's something, here's what we're discovering, we're, we're calling it Hinduism, and we kind of think about God this way, and it helps us wrestle with these concepts of the infinite stuff. And then Christians can say, oh, yeah, well, we're Christian ones, and we do this, oh, and we're Jewish ones, we do this. And just keep those perspectives in there and do the whole, you know, do the, uh, what's this new telescope? Well, what's this whole telescope thing about this James Webb telescope? It's like multiple telescopes, and then they stitch it together to make a bigger, more refined image. That's what we can do now. That's what we can do with religion, with the Internet. Yeah, Iamism is the James Webb telescope of religion. Ha! Huh. That's a pretty good one. And the point is to be, is not to be just defining in-groups and out-groups. Yeah, it was so weird how those sermons by Sproul and Hagee, and yeah, I'm calling those motherfuckers out by name, <laughs> uh, but it was really interesting to listen to those sermons and um, To listen to those sermons and you know, I got distracted because I think some guy thought I blew him off earlier. 
he might have been waving at me because it's just he kind of made a noise. Like, oh, you're blowing me off. That obvious. He's waving to me. And I didn't recognize it. Um, I see it's an extroverted bed. Like, I'm, I felt like, I don't know if that's extroversion or trauma, but like, I have this thing where I feel like I have to be worried about how other people feel. I imagine that's more trauma now that I think about it. Um, so, yeah, and that's what it creates. You know, for me, what religion created was this space where everybody was supposed to be thinking and talking about God and having conversations and challenging each other and sharpening each other with iron jumping iron. But instead, it was a place where we were supposed to conform. And you know, for, well, for a lot of people, it was a place where you conform and you go to learn what's proper, and then you repeat that. And it's like training, like sort of Pavlovian. Like how Catholicism is sort of you know, known for its ritualism with the kneeling and standing in the water, cross yourself. Um, Protestantism is conservative in the same way of Catholicism, but it's about, yeah, he's getting more about more individualistic beliefs, probably what the Catholic Church is worried about, because they're just like, yeah, we're divided, and for sure you need to know that they do it that way, we do it this way. We don't do it that way, because we're not them. But at the same time, there's this jovial thing where it's like, well, they're okay, the Baptists are okay. I, I would love to hear what he said about, like, if he mentioned, like, progressive Christians, I think, this morning, and he was basically saying that they were reprobate. reprobate. I can't say that word right this morning. And... I don't know how to say that word right. But anyway, uh, again, just for me personally, gave me a lot of freedom to just realize how much of this bullcrap that we do is like, one of my kids called me out a couple weeks ago on my default mode, which is to just, hey, let's do this, hey, let's do this, hey, new, hey, new, hey, new. And I don't follow through. And we're super proud of them for calling me out on that. And yeah, it's time for me now to do this. It's very hard for me because my default mode is to research and to find out of what someone's saying is true. To find out that people don't like when you let them know, hey, I did the research you asked about the other day and here's what I discovered. Turns out you're wrong. People aren't down with that. Like, I love that. You know, I mean, I might, it might take me a second to mentally get there and like, well, you got to prove it because I believe this other thing. But if you can, I'd be like, oh my gosh, wow, thank you so much for showing me that I was wrong about something. Committed and wrong. And I guess for me, the story of Christianity, what appealed to me was this idea of sin because I recognize how often I am committed and wrong fully convinced that I'm on the right track, but I'm not. I'm wrong. I'm on the wrong track. That's happened more times than I care to talk about, <laughs> care to admit, even to myself. But that's my compulsion, is to just gather more new ideas. 
and yeah, I've got to take the time to get it out on paper and do something with it, because I've learned way too freaking much. And what I learned is none of us know a damn thing because we all have this blind spot. And I think that psychology and philosophy and religion and science can all come back together. And it can just be knowledge. All these divided systems, like we've dissected everything so much that nothing is whole anymore. Like we dissect an animal, it dissect your dog, it's really hard to get it to go play fetch the next day. And that's sort of what we've done with our mental processes. Everything's so divided up, it can't come together and play. And we need to sort of bring it all back together. And who are you? What do you believe? What are your default modes? What is your robot glitching on, stuck on? And then um, from there, we move forward trying to figure out how to be the kind of person that we believe is best. But we won't make excuses for ourselves anymore just because we're in some in-group. It's amazing, this in-group, out-group stuff. I never saw anything like that in the church. So, yeah, if I argued with you about Christianity, you're probably from one of those in-group, out-group churches. I apologize, that's some bullshit. But that's all I got today. Cherry cough or something like that is the strain. Nice one. Good for exercise. Really good for thinking. I'm calm and focused. Normally I'm a bit more scatterbrained. I kind of prefer that, to be honest. <laughs> and I got my super workout here, too. 50 minutes of workout. And uh, I get my nice little walk in there. So, uh, okay, I'm rambling. Peace out, ladies and gentlemen. More coming soon. Today I'm planning on outlining some of this shit. So, I'll talk to you soon. Peace.